Welcome back to the Stoic Cast with Max V. We're on week 15 of our 52-week lessons of how to thrive in a world out of your control by Massimo Piglucci and Gregory Lopez. Again, week 15 is remind yourself of impermanence. At some level, we know that nothing lasts forever, but the fact that we haven't fully accepted that truism becomes apparent when we get upset at losing something we cherish. For some, breaking a favorite possession stings. The most painful type of losses, however, are of the people we love, especially if the loss is unexpected. This helps explain why Yu Yan couldn't cope while tending her son's funeral after an unfortunate motorbike accident. The death of a son or daughter is the biggest tragedy a parent can endure, even a practicing Stoic parent. However, the Stoics did suggest exercises that take the bite out of losses. This week, you'll practice working with one such exercise, starting with small mishaps and moving up to larger calamities. Our weekly quote is by Epictetus from his handbook, The Onchoridion. When anything from the meanest thing upwards is attractive or serviceable or an object of affection, remember to always say to yourself, what is its nature? If you are fond of a jug, say you are fond of a jug. Then you will not be disturbed if it is broken. If you kiss your child or wife, say to yourself that you are kissing a human being, for then if death strikes it, you will not be disturbed. This is arguably the toughest passage to absorb in all of the extant Stoic literature, and it sometimes turns people off Stoicism entirely. One of us, Massimo, is a parent, and when he is reading this passage in the Enchiridion, he could not refrain from cringing inwardly. Does Epictetus really expect Massimo to kiss his daughter while telling himself that she is mortal and may not wake up tomorrow? Yet what Epictetus says makes sense, both in terms of the particular historical moment he was living and more generally for us today. Let us start with the historical context. Epictetus lived in the Roman Empire during the late part of the first century and early part of the second. Even though the reign of the so-called five good emperors was about to begin, representing the pinnacle of Roman civilization, Life was not easy or devoid of tragedy for anyone from the lowest slave to the emperor himself. Just to give you two relevant statistics, under the emperor Marcus Aurelius, who lived shortly after Epictetus, the empire was struck by a plague that killed five million people, including Lucius Verus, who was co-emperor with Marcus for eight years. Marcus himself had 13 children, only four of whom survived to adulthood despite the fact that he was the most powerful man in the Western world and that his personal physician was Galen, the most famous doctor of Roman antiquity. When Epictetus talks about the possibility of kissing your wife and child goodnight and not seeing them the next day, he is not speaking hypothetically. Right, you might say, but we don't live in ancient Rome. We have good health care, if we can afford it. Child mortality is way down, and life expectancy is way up. This is all true. But it is also true that catastrophe may strike at any moment. Part of Stoic training is to prepare ourselves for catastrophes. Hopefully you will not have to experience the loss of a child, but will certainly experience the loss of your parents and likely a good number of friends eventually. How are you going to cope? These losses amount to a tough test of your character. While Epictetus speaks about not being disturbed by these seemingly catastrophic events, the more relatable Seneca says it is natural and unavoidable for human beings to suffer and experience grief. In a letter to his friend Lucilius about consoling the bereaved, he writes, Am I advising you to be hard-hearted, desiring you to keep your countenance unmoved at the very funeral ceremony, and not allowing your soul even to feel the pinch of pain? By no means. That would mean a lack of feeling rather than virtue. 
think for a minute about how we react when someone else experiences a loss, even someone we care or love as we did in week four. As the Stoics advise, we try to console them by putting things in perspective. We remind others that life isn't always fair, that loss is natural, and that they should think about the happy times they shared with the person who died, and that they should focus on the future, on the many things they can still do and the people that are still here to care for. This is sound advice and it works. These losses we suffer don't become trivial or unimportant and we don't become uncaring or unfeeling. Putting things in perspective makes us more attentive to what we have and often don't appreciate and more resilient in the face of tragedy. Epictetus counsels his students to work their way up to the big stuff by paying attention to the little things first. Suppose your favorite mug breaks. Instead of getting angry or upset, pause, look at it, and tell yourself, well, it was a mug, I knew it could be broken, but I enjoyed many wonderful cups of coffee from it. Then, slowly tackle more difficult things. Perhaps your car had been damaged in an accident. That's unfortunate, but cars do get into accidents, and it's the nature of cars. Be grateful for the many nice rides you had while the car was working. Or maybe some of your savings evaporated because of the latest downturn of the market. Well, that's what markets do, after all, and you did take advantage of the good moments to enjoy your vacations or buy a new house. Again, the point is not to become callous or indifferent in the modern sense of the word, but to become indifferent in the stoic sense. You still have your virtue, your character, and they allow you to handle anything that the universe throws your way. The word to describe this attitude is equanimity. Equanimity gives you serenity in the face of both good times, when you may otherwise get carried away, and bad times. It's how Stoics strive to navigate the entirety of their lives. What to do. Our weekly what to do is, let's start our preparation for this week by taking a few minutes to brainstorm some of the things that are impermanent and subject to loss. Try to include a broad range of difficulty as Epictetus recommends. Now rate each item you listed from 1 to 10 in terms of difficulty, 1 being easy, 10 being difficult if it gets lost. Finally, using the table, lay out a new item to work with each day of the week. Start with the easiest item on your list on Monday and gradually increase in difficulty throughout the week. For each item, write an implementation intention to help remind yourself of the impermanence of the item whenever you encounter it. Why do it? This exercise is a kind of premeditatio malorium, which you practiced in week six. By constantly reminding yourself of the impermanent nature of externals, the sting of surprise will slowly diminish over time should the unfortunate event happen. Think of this exercise as a vaccine against impermanence and loss. It inoculates and strengthens your psychological immune system to change. It isn't just about preventing negative passions from occurring. Many who practice this exercise find it also instills a sense of gratitude, allowing you to appreciate what you have while you have it. Review these lessons at the end of the week. Did you experience gratitude while practicing? Were you less distressed as the week went on? This week's theme was about impermanence of things in life. Next week, we'll continue by working with the impermanence of life. Well, that's the end of uh, week 15, reminding yourself of impermanence. Some pretty heavy topics talked about uh, this week, You know, talking about uh, death of loved ones and uh, people close to you. Uh, Epictetus talking about uh, in his quote, you know, kiss your child or wife, say that you are kissing a human being, for then if death strikes it, you will not be disturbed. These are uh, are heavy words and a, and a certain attitude uh, that needs to take place to accept these words for what they are, which is a uh, a way to view the world 
in a, in a way that helps reduce the chaos and uh, troubles in your life by viewing the impermanence of the world, the things around it, your connections to them, to, uh, again, be grateful for those connections in the first place. Be grateful you knew these people. Be grateful you had the experiences with these things and uh, enjoy the memories of them and uh, don't become overly attached to them. Uh, these, are, these are wise words and it's hard to believe these words were written thousands of years ago and uh, they still carry a lot of weight and bear a lot of truth today. And uh, I'm certainly getting a lot of personal growth and uh, appreciation for these words uh, over the last uh, 15 weeks of our stoic adventure here that we're on. And uh, I'm really enjoying the study of stoicism. So I hope you stay with me for next week. We're going to move into week 16. Week 16 is called Contemplate Death and How We Live. Sounds like some of these topics are going to get a little heavier as we move forward. But again, you know, life is a heavy thing to talk about. And if we're going to talk about it in a real and transparent and uh, realistic way, we need to uh, look it straight in the eyes and, uh, and talk about it. So until next week, stay stoic.